Hercules in space. I'm not kidding. Join us for the amazing review of the 1983 Lou Ferrigno movie Hercules on today's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Bottom of the Barrel, the show where we find amazingly terrible and ridiculous films on Netflix and Hulu and review them for you. I'm your host Jeff Bell, watching the movies for you and then forcing you to watch them too. Today's movie is, as I said, the 1983 Lou Ferrigno movie, Hercules. Now, let's just set back and look at this. 1983, it was a time during the post-initial hype of Star Wars, where space sci-fi films were popular again, and of course it was thought that making a sci-fi version of an established non-sci-fi story would be a great idea. Let's just say it wasn't. Written and directed by Luigi Cozy, the mastermind behind the first film I did on Bottom of the Barrel, Star Crash, which by the way is amazing, still recommend you highly seeing that, this film is everything I'd expect from such an amazing Italian director directing barely English-speaking individuals in an English dialogue film only to be poorly redubbed by other American actors later. <sighs> At least it makes for an enjoyable movie. So let's get into it. The movie starts off with a long, forced, fake, Greek mythology-esque history of the universe, where apparently, we all came from a giant, futuristic breaking jar. When you see the movie, you'll understand what I mean. Then we find ourselves on the moon, where three gods, who all look like people dressed in futuristic white clothes, created Hercules and sent him to Earth. Apparently, according to the scene, Hercules is not anatomically correct, as they pretty much show him standing naked with just a smooth bulge for a crotch. As the story progresses, we're shown a supposed sword in the stone that is stolen by an inside source within the Roman-Greek-space-type civilization. The bad guy steals the sword and attempts to kill the king and his offspring, who, surprise, has already managed to be snuck out by the queen. Which, by the way, one of the guards said he saw leaving with the child and refused to say or do anything about it. No one bothered to stop her. Chasing her down to the river, they kill her after she's already managed to set her baby's son free in a boat. The bad guys, of course, make the cliché stupid mistake of assuming the river will kill the baby. We've seen this a thousand times. You know where this is going. Because, of course, that does not happen. He instead is found by a couple who, ironically, cannot have kids, immediately taking in him as their own. And he grows up to become the young, muscle-bound Lou Furingo, who honestly looks weird not covered in green paint. For the record... He's better known as the original Incredible Hulk from the TV series in the 70s. So now that you know that, my comment makes more sense. So after beating up stock footage of a bear slash man in a suit, then getting attacked by a gigantic robotic fly sent by the other bad guys from the moon, only to have his mother killed in the process and burn her dead body a la Luke from the end of Return of the Jedi, the gods watch and comment on his progression from the moon... I'm not kidding, it was a really confusing scene. So Hercules decides to leave his life behind, does that sound familiar to anybody else? And go on to find his fortune, where he fights two guys with swords that make electronic clashing sounds. Seriously, Luigi Cozy must have been obsessed with Star Wars. Stops two charging horse carriages and a handful of wrestlers with a giant log and then throws the log so hard into the air that it gently floats towards the moon. To never be heard or seen from again. I'm not sure if that was supposed to be setting up something, but it did a terrible job at it. 
told by those in charge of the match that he is the winner. However, to make sure that he's not one of the bad guys, he must clean the stables by morning. Hercules makes a deal with the princess that if he does in fact clean them by morning, that she shall remove her chastity belt-esque veil that's been... she's been sworn to keep on until she finds the man who she will marry or something. He, of course, cheats, floods the stables to clean them out entirely, somehow, from above... He throws rocks in the water. I don't know. And she keeps her promise only to be struck down by Zeus from the moon when the two start to kiss. A bad guy, or a bad guy lady from earlier in the film when the sword was taken, who is wearing something that leaves little to the imagination. Let's just say if she jumped too suddenly, she would be topless. You know what I'm talking about? steps in and takes the princess for herself and the temporarily unconscious Hercules with her and dumps him out to sea for death. Now, of course, Hercules breaks free of his restraints and swims seven days and six nights. Seriously, that was a terrible movie with Harrison Ford. To an island where one of the gods sends a crazy old lady to retrieve him. To take a quick break from this review, much like Star Crash, if it sounds like I'm jumping around and missing parts of the story, believe me, I'm not. This is actually how the film goes. No joke. Watch it and you'll know. Anyways, the crazy old lady makes a deal with Hercules that if he gives her ten drops of his powerful mystical blood, she'll help get him to where he needs. He agrees, she drinks his blood like the vampire she is, and morphs a la 1930s Lon Chaney the Wolfman into a young, beautiful woman. Or, at least a young woman. She leads him on to the endless stairs that lead to the center of the earth, only to be met by the bad guy Moon Guy's sentient robotic creature that is once again defeated by Hercules. Upon its death, much like the robotic fly from earlier and the good guy from Star Crash, it leaps a la Sam from Quantum Leap. Taking the endless stairs, they cross the rainbow bridge to hell. Seriously, not making this up. And are met by the grim reaper-looking dude who takes them across the river Styx to... a giant hand with the glowing stigmata. At the base, a glowing white egg stone containing a magical talisman that the young brunette formerly crazy old lady Xerxes wants. By the way, she was Xerxes. I wasn't aware of that until this point. She agrees to take him as close to the veil-covered princess as she can in exchange for the talisman. Taking him to the king of Africa, she helps make Hercules grow to gigantic size so he can... separate Africa from Europe. Which he does. By pushing a giant block apart with his bare hands. Seriously, I'm pretty sure a stoner would find this movie hard to follow. Xerxes takes him to the... Chariot in space! Where Hercules has her produce a rope and magically tie it around the end of the chariot with her magical mental powers, I guess she has. Don't remember that in the myth lore. Hercules grabs the other end of the rope that has been tied around the rock and throws it into space, pulling the chariot and the two of them with it. Flying through space, making impossibly sharp 90-degree angle turns, Xerxes falls in love with Hercules, causing her to lose her powers with a result in a sudden crash landing on the planet that the princess is on, which apparently... is Atlantis. Atlantis is a planet. I didn't know this. No wonder why we can't find it. On Earth. As they approach the gates to get in, they're suddenly met by a green filter, oh no, making Hercules look just that much more like the Hulk. And yet another giant robot sent by the bad guy gods who killed Xerxes moments before the easiest and quickest robotic defeated by Hercules yet. Xerxes dies and... leaps. Of course she does. Because that's all Luigi Cosi knows how to do with his dead people. And Hercules makes his way into Atlantis where he falls into a trap. Literally. The floor opens and he falls into it. Turns into a giant and separates the continents, but can't sense a trap door in the floor. 
After the bad guy lady with the awesome outfit takes the princess, who now is wearing a torn shredded dress with a seashell pasties on her boobies, to the bad guy from space. Or now I guess it's Atlantis, I don't know. She goes to a chained Hercules who breaks free and forces her to take him to the princess who is being lowered into the pit from Temple of Doom as part of a sacrifice. Busting in, the space bad guy fends off Hercules temporarily with a fire sword until Hercules pulls the sword from the beginning out of the stone. They're really confusing their fairy tales here, and stabs the bad guy with it. He saves the princess and while on the way out stabs the bad guy lady with the sword causing her to badly dissolve to dust. I guess he didn't want her to leave. And as they escape, Atlantis starts breaking and destroying itself, ultimately causing Hercules to have killed millions of innocent bystanders in the process. They end on the beach with the two heroes, I guess, Hercules and Crazy Princess Lady, mashing their necks together and dissolving into a single mass blob that fades to the stars and explodes. Thus ending Hercules. Now I know what you're thinking. Holy crap, that movie is ridiculous. And you would be right. This movie is so crazy, I don't even know where to begin to tell a person what it's about. This review was hard to write, just because it it's so crazy. If you love terrible movies, if you love badly done, cheesy sci-fi or fantasy movies from the 70s or the 80s, you have to watch this movie. Now, I will admit... When we added it to our Netflix queue, it's been on there for a while, I did not read the synopsis. So I'm like, oh, it's a bad Hercules movie. I'm thinking, you know, normal Hercules, you know, mythology and all that stuff. And it starts off with, like with, like I said, like a 20-minute history of the universe lesson. In and I'm watching this going, what does any of this have to do with Hercules? And I did not realize it was supposed to be a sci-fi take on the mythology. It it was so not what I expected, and it just made it that much better. I highly, highly recommend you seeing this movie, just because if you thought my review was confusing, you should try watching the movie. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand what happens in it, but it took a while for it to really sink in. But it keeps changing and keeps cutting and keeps moving so fast that you don't have any time to really let anything sink in. I've basically come to the conclusion that that's just how Luigi Cozy likes to make his movies. Because frankly, Star Crash was like that too. I really think he he saw Star Wars and he went, you know what? I want I love Star Wars. We can make our own version of Star Wars because really, Star Wars is just a classic, you know, very cliche storyline. It's you know, it's all about getting the princess. It's it's very very set in mythology. It's just added, you know, it's it's got a sci-fi twist to it. And George Lucas went off with that. Now, I understand what he was trying to do with Hercules and probably what he was trying to, you know, Star Crash was more of a complete ripoff, but with Hercules, I understand he was trying to take that mythology and just turn it with sci-fi and go off with it. But it's such a weird mashup that it it doesn't work. But it does work at the same time. And I don't know if it's just the pacing of the movie. I mean, this movie's from 83. A lot of movies from the early 80s, not necessarily fast pacing for certain things. I mean, Return of the Jedi and Empire were actually pretty good. And, you know, a lot of those, they were starting to get quicker pacing. But you would expect a movie with this fast of pacing to be from nowadays, not from the early 80s. It feels like a Michael Bay film, like, in with the speed of cutting, at least, because it's it's just, it's constant. There's a, no scene in this movie that lasts for maybe more than 
five minutes at most. I really think the intro was probably the longest scene in the entire movie. Otherwise, it just keeps moving and moving. And oh, here's new people. Here's new people. Here's a new scene. Here's a new character. Like, it, like you can't keep up. It's really hard. And I really feel like like Luigi Cozy took what he loved from Star Wars. And then he saw Indiana Jones because I swear that the fact that the princess is being lowered into a volcano on Atlantis for a sacrifice looks exactly like Temple of Doom. Like, that's what it felt like the whole time. I mean, she's being lowered into this badly matte painting <laughs> or badly, you know, like composited lava flow. It it just, it, oh, it was it was beautiful. This movie, I highly recommend you seeing this film. I mean, I know I always say that, but this one... If there's anything you need to see, you have to see this. And I know uh, Hercules will not be going away on Netflix anytime soon because I'm quite positive this is how Luigi Cozy is making his money. If the man is still alive, I did not check that. So if he's not alive, then his family's making money off of this, I guess. But the movie is definitely a very, very enjoyable film. Now, is it family-friendly? yes i would say it's family friendly there's really nothing in the movie that's scary per se um the 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 boat guy on the river sticks i apologize that i do not know his name i'm completely spacing on his name um he's wearing like a really kind of bad halloween skeleton mask that might be a little scary um but there is no nudity there is no swearing you know there's really no violence because everybody kind of just dissolves away uh, you know, pretty much at most points. Uh, but it, it's not really family-friendly. There might be just one or two moments where you might want to have the eyes turn away. But otherwise, it's also not Uncle Jeff approved. Sadly, a lot of movies from the 80s at this time were definitely Uncle Jeff approved. This one, not so much. The princess does wear a fairly revealing outfit near the end when she's being prepared for the sacrifice. Because like I said, it's basically long white strips of fabric. And she's not wearing anything underneath it except for underwear. And But she's got uh, little seashell pasties. So she's not showing anything except for, like, side boob. That's really all you see. And there's really nothing else wrong with this movie. It's just ridiculously stupid, but amazing. So I do recommend you watching this film. Find it on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I know it is. Just look up the movie Hercules. Make sure you find the correct one. This one is from 1983 and does star Lou Ferrigno, as I'm sure there's about a dozen other movies called Hercules on Netflix. So make sure you find the right one. Don't want you guys disappointed with, you know, a real good version of Hercules. That would just be sad. So, but with that, that is all for today's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Uh, tune in next week when I shall have more exciting, exciting movies. Next week, I shall be doing the movie She. You are going to be in love with this movie. I can just tell you that right now. So, but anyways, until next week, enjoy everything that you shall do. Man, I really should get a sign-off phrase. I keep changing it every week. If you guys have any ideas, send them my way. Jeff Bell at randombell.com. I need something to say when this thing ends. Happy trees? That's so just Bob Rossi. Oh well. Bye bye. For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net.